for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Uh, this evening, we have a very special guest. We have Bill Abernathy from Kansas City. How's it going today, Bill? Uh, Tom, it's going great, man. And thank you very much for having me on your show tonight. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a nice little break for us. You know, anytime we take a one day break, it's just kind of like, I come back a little bit more refreshed and replenished, <laughs> even though I spent the entire night last night just working away for my nine to five. And it was just kind of like, you know, but um, so first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to get to sit down and talk with people, especially with the pandemic going on right now. And I kind of live by myself. So it's just like, hey, outside contact. You know, <laughs> if it is through Zoom, so yeah, I can I can relate. I live by myself as well, and uh, uh, much like you, I think I spend a large portion of my uh, day on different Zoom meetings and Skype meetings, and you know, pick them, pick a system. Uh, but it is kind of nice to uh, talk to somebody about something other than uh, the yep. nine to five stuff. So that's yep. cool. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so. Well, let's kind of start from the beginning here. Um, what's what got you into music? What's kind of your origin story into music? You know, all the fun stuff. Oh, well, uh, it's it's really a pretty simple story. You know, I was raised in a, a family. We had four kids. I was the baby of the family. And uh, uh, the our family was somewhat spread out, right? So I had a sister that's 13 years older than I, a brother that was 11 years older, and they were into music. So my, my sister was very much into like church music, that kind of thing. My brother was into the, the 60s hippie music, right? The coffee house stuff, you know, and all <laughs> that. And uh, here I come along, you know, as a baby, and uh, they're always singing and playing. And he had a lot of jam sessions at our house with his friends. And and uh, I kind of picked it up from there, you know, and, and it just kind of evolved. So uh, I always like to tell everybody that my, my brother would drag me around to different places in Kansas City, whether it be music venues, coffee shops, that kind of thing, uh, when I was really young uh, to kind of expose me to all the different styles of music and all the different things that were going on. Now, that's the nice way to say it. But I was kind of a, a cute little kid with curly hair that could play and sing a little bit. And I think he actually drugged me around to make him make me his chick magnet. But, you know, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, sometimes you do what you got to do, I guess. I don't there you it know. Is. Yeah. Use, use what you got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're born, raised Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas City, uh, I've been here in the suburbs uh, of Kansas City pretty much my whole life. I think we moved here when I was three, so I don't even remember. But uh, yeah, I've been here my whole life. Uh, my whole nine to five career has been here and uh, all my music is kind of based from here and then, you know, spread right, across the world. So uh, I live here. It's a great town. I always like to say that Kansas City is one of the best, if not the best little big town uh, in the United States. It's big enough. Uh, where you have all the amenities and all the stuff, but it's small enough that people still say hi to you on the street. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah, good. It's a good place. Absolutely. I've, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling that way about Waco right now. It's just, I went out this morning to go pick up some groceries. So I didn't have to like order Grubhub for the fourth day in a row. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. Every, like, even though with everything going on, people were still relatively nice, relatively cordial. They didn't look at you like you had the plague or anything. And it was yeah. just like, okay, I, I, I kind of see the appeal of Waco right now. It's, yeah. you know, and I've only been here for nine months. So, yeah. 
Now, I've been to Waco a few times and done a little bit of work down there, and, and I'll concur with yeah. what you say. It's a nice place. Nice yeah. folks. Good place and, to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you first um so you're based or you're currently in kansas city what's when you sit down to write music what's your creative process <laughs> it's a mess <laughs> uh it's a total mess right so uh it, it's completely different than other elements of my life right so it in my nine to five that i've been at now for 43 years i am almost anal retentive about organization uh, my place uh, that I live uh, is highly organized. Uh, when it comes time to sit down and write a, write a song, it becomes a total disaster. Pieces of paper, posted notes, uh, lay it all over the place, different ideas, different concepts. And, uh, you know, I get different ideas over time. And so I write them down, right? And I put them in a folder. And then when it comes time to sit down and just put it all together kind of like pieces of a puzzle I lay them all out and it just becomes it just becomes a mess but uh, at the end of the day out of chaos um, comes some element of order and uh, the songs come out that way so yeah. awesome. and um, so your most recent album is Crossing Willow Creek correct mm -hmm. uh, when did that drop what, what was the Crossing Willow Creek's been out uh, about a year and a half Okay. And uh, uh, we're, uh, we're currently working on a new one, but uh, yeah, it's been out about a year and a half and uh, it's done uh, surprisingly well uh, mm -hmm. across the world. You know, we had, uh, it's the third, our third project. Uh, we came out with uh, initially a, a purely acoustic album uh, that uh, really kind of got me interested in doing this again. You know, I did this when I was a kid and then, you know, took life off. Uh, took some time off to do my kids and all that and and uh, uh, kind of got me back into it had a couple of songs on there that that got a little bit of love on the radio and you know won some songwriting awards and that kind of thing and then I came out with a, a follow-up album uh, that was called Find a Way and uh, it did really well uh, across the world uh, across all the different places and you know a lot tons of streams and quite a few sales and and, uh, you know, I got a lot of uh, press uh, about uh, Find a Way. And so we followed that up with uh, this project, which is Crossing Willow Creek. And uh, it has done very, very well. And uh, I'm, I'm very pleased with, uh, with how it's been received, uh, not only in the United States, but across the world. So it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned that you're working on the follow-up album to Crossing Willow Creek. Yeah, I don't think it'll be an album. Uh, you know, I've noticed that that the music industry has changed a bit, and and uh, you know, people really like singles. Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, I think what I'll do is opposed to it takes me a while to do an album, right? Mm -hmm. So it's usually a year. It takes me about a year to do it all, and uh, I, I think that I'm what I'm going to approach this next time is just doing maybe two or three singles at a time and yeah. releasing them as singles and uh, see how that goes. And then maybe at the end of it, I'll put them all together and call it an album. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to do more of the singles thing uh, yeah. going forward. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and actually I've kind of noticed more, more recently, like singles, if Spotify play or the Spotify is like your main goal to get exposure off Spotify, singles are the way to go. Yeah. But I've even still noticed like doing kind of the old school release schedule of three singles and then an album and mm -hmm. basically using those three singles and then releasing an album after you release those three singles that still seems to do very well because like so you're using because spotify kind of plays the same way as the radio and how i've kind of seen it so you release the one single as it starts to gain traction, you let it ride, let it ride. And then as it starts to teeter off and bring in that second single mm -hmm. and then the third single. And then once the third single starts to teeter off, you've got the like EP, LP, whatever the finished full product is. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, it ultimately just kind of depends. Like if you're one of those people that you can just constantly knock out singles, 
you know, singles is probably the way to go. But if, you know, it, it just really depends on the type of musician, type of writer, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, well, the process that we followed with Crossing Willow Creek is actually exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. We created the album, you know, 11 songs and all that. And then we released the single, right? And out of that single, people, folks got it, got a little bit of traction. People heard it. They said, oh, I like this. Some people went and bought it, which is something that's somewhat rare mm -hmm. uh, in today's environment. And then, uh, you know, we let that one go. And then once it started to lose a little traction, we released number two. And now we've got uh, number four. Our fourth single off of uh, Crossing Willow Creek is out right now. And uh, uh, it's doing well. It's doing mm -hmm. well. So, yeah, so I think that the, the recording process of going in and spending a year and cranking out, you know, 11, 12 song albums, uh, th that's cool. But I think that I'm going to focus more on uh, maybe not one single at a time, maybe two or three, yeah. uh, because the recording process is, is uh, you know, facilitates that well. And yeah. uh, uh, they go from there. So I've even seen, uh, there's this band that we work with down here. They're out of Round, Round Rock or Georgetown, so, like somewhere down near Austin. And they've been doing like the old school A side, B side single. So, mm -hmm. like an old school vinyl type thing. And I'm really curious how it helps um, their album sales because it's like they just released their third one and then the album will come out at the end of the summer. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be really interested to see how that, that works out for them. Yeah. So to go all dork for a minute, they're using their singles to, to understand their leading indicators. Yep. For their sales. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, but you, you said, uh, find a way was kind of your first song back after taking a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. I played a bunch when I was a kid. Uh, and then I developed some issues uh, with my voice. And so, uh, interesting, you know, uh, I took some time away. And of course, you know, you're not making any money, right? So I went and got a job. And that job that I have now is now my 43-year career. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, I got, you know, had kids. And they, they were all active and had tons of sports stuff. Both my kids uh, ended up as Division One full-ride athletes, you know. And so oh, wow. that lifestyle doesn't, doesn't really give you a lot of time mm -hmm. to sit down and play music, right? And yeah. so um, when they got done, uh, when they got done with college, uh, I never really stopped playing. Mm -hmm. And I certainly never stopped writing. But I, I did stop recording and all that, right? Yeah. And uh, so I said that, and I had this stack of songs, and I thought, well, I just wonder, right? And so we went in, and and I'm an acoustic guy. You can tell from behind me that's not a backdrop; that's yeah. real. That that's where I live. And and uh, I thought I'm going to do an acoustic album and just see, you know, just to have fun with. And uh, you know, as I mentioned before, it kind of it got a little bit of love, and then we followed it up with the the far more produced Find a Way album. Uh, and then Crossing Willow Creek is is uh, a pretty produced up gig as well. So, yeah. and how how have you noticed? Like, how's the recording process kind of changed from when you first were recording as a younger man to now? How how's the recording process changed for you? Well, you know, I'm old enough where it was tape, man. Yeah. You know, just saying, right? And, uh, you know, overdubbing, you know, back in those days was, was an event, you know, it was an event and it was hard to get everything to sync up. Of course, today's world, uh, all digital. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're in the process itself, it's all digital. And so it's a lot easier. Uh, it's cleaner. Uh, and you can, uh, you can certainly have a few more runs at getting it right because you're not burning, you know, tape that's $200 a roll, right? Yeah. And so uh, and it gives you it gives you a lot more flexibility. Now that said, uh, I am a fan uh, of the old school tape sound. And so what we do uh, with our albums is, is when we finish them, I send them to LA uh, to a, a mastering guy who masters them down uh, at sea level onto two inch. And uh, you know you get that bigger sound, you know, mm -hmm. out of, out of the tape. And then you know obviously you have to digitize them for today's world, but. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's, uh, I'd like the recording process. I think sometimes it tends to be almost, you can let it get mechanical, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's so, it's so easy to just say, let's do it, do it again, do it again, do it again, you know? Yep. Uh, and I think that, that you might 
tend to lose a little of the emoting uh, in the yeah. song, you know, by doing that over and over and over again. So I, I try not to do too many takes. Uh, yeah. And I try to, you know, get the feel, get the feel. Well, the you also don't want to wear down your voice. Like if you're sitting there trying to run through a few songs in a day, you don't want to wear down your voice so that like the first song, it's great. And then once you get to the second or third song, you've done so many takes of the first song. It's just kind of like, there's nothing left on the voice, you know? Yeah. You know, I mentioned that it takes me a year. I, mm -hmm. I do not, I cannot think of a time that I recorded two vocals in one day. It's not, oh. something, it's not something that I do. Uh, I try to stay as fresh as I get. I'm older, right? So I try to stay as fresh as I can and, you know, do one and get it right. And then, you know, go take a break, do another one another day. It's not that big a deal. We, we When we sit down to record, we take more of a live approach. Uh, like when we work with bands and we'll run through, I think our record, like record, is we did 12 songs in 90 minutes. Wow, so. that's yeah, a tight you know, band. Yeah, that band had to be pretty tight. They were yeah. really well rehearsed. Yeah. It was like a duo, I think. So it's just like they were well rehearsed and we were just kind of rolling right through it, you know? Yeah. So. Well, we did a thing um, in, in the studio that I called uh, Studio Live. So I'd gotten... Uh, uh, requests right for for some cover songs of different things from different artists and and uh i decided that you know i wanted to answer three questions all in one fell swoop so first of all people say what's it like when you play live with a band mm -hmm. right and everybody's got you know everybody thinks that the studio is this big mysterious place right and uh you know so they ask you know what's it like when you play in a band what's it like in the studio and can you play this song mm -hmm. right some cover song so what we did, what we did, and it was fun. We had a ball with it, and we did it all in one day. Yeah. Uh, we went in and recorded four songs live in the studio and videoed the whole thing. And nice. uh, yeah, no, it was fun, and it, it it gave people a shot to see, you know, because the studio. I mean, you work in the studio, man. It's fun, you know. You yeah. got a bunch of guys. You're playing music. You're having a good time, and uh, uh, every now and then you get it right, you know. And uh, we did a pretty good job. We did a pretty good job with that thing, even though it was live, you know, no isolation booths, no nothing, you know, just turn it on and play it. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't really ever get, we rarely get to record in studio. It's usually somebody's living room or like when we go to Nashville, we're lucky enough to get like a, a sound stage, mm -hmm. which is really just, they say it's soundproof, but it's not because we can hear the band three rooms down, you know. Of course you can. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, I don't know how soundproof it really is if you can hear, you know, but, you know, so we're so used to recording in like the most awkward positions. Like we did a full metal band in a garage, like that kind of fits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it was just like, okay, cool. You know, so we just kind of go wherever we can. And then every once in a while we get lucky, we can find a, decent studio type space and it's you know it's just always fun to go in yeah. and record especially when it's just a relaxed atmosphere you know yeah that's one of the things that i really like about the studio is it, it's really relaxed i have a particular studio that i use and they have a great room uh for acoustic guitars and you know as you can see i have a few and so um uh, very relaxed atmosphere very cool very nice people and, uh, uh, you know, you could just kind of go in and settle in and get comfortable and, and do your thing. And it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you kind of balance your musical career and aspirations with your pay my bills career? Yeah. So we mentioned, uh, we mentioned the find a way album and that's really, uh, the message that goes throughout that whole album. Um, the song, uh, the title cut for that song is a tune uh, that I wrote about the last day that my dad was was alive. And uh, I was at the nine to five, right? And I got a call, he was in the hospital. We all knew, you know, we all knew the time was, the time was short. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing what I do. And I get a call from my sister and she says, uh, Billy, the, the time is very short, you should come, right? 
And uh, so, you know, I finished up about 10 minutes worth of work and shot over to the hospital and missed seeing my dad the last time Mm -hmm. uh, by five minutes. So I would have just left and managed my time, understood work-life balance a little bit better at that point, right? Then I would have had that chance, you know, to say, I love you to him one last time and and to be there, you know, as he as he passed out of this world and into the next. And the Find a Way album is is really all about that. You know, it's it's about not only work-life balance, but it's about emotional balance, right? How do you handle your different relationships? And you know, how do you handle, you know, what you and I do, you know, to to make sure that you've got you know, your, your thing that you do that pays the bills and the thing that you do that you love, right? And, and to keep that balance. So that, that whole album uh, is really, that's the theme. Uh, my dad had a, a saying that he told me, I don't even know how many times, uh, that if you want something bad enough in life and you're willing to put in the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the toil, you can always find a way mm-hmm. to make it happen. And... Uh, 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 in that particular tune, uh, it was a bit of studio magic, and you're a studio guy, so you'll yeah. understand this. You know, sometimes, man, when you're in the studio, things happen, and they're not planned, right? They just happen, you know, because yeah. you're there, you're comfortable, you're cool. Well, my dad had a favorite song that he absolutely loved to hear me play, yeah. and uh, we were recording uh, the title cut for that song, and uh, uh you know, you're going through and it's on a 12 string guitar and I got all this stuff going on. I'm dancing up and down the neck and I'm doing all these things. And at the end of it, uh, you know, we got done with the cut and I just kind of started plunking around and figuring out how to play uh, the Wildwood Flower, which was his favorite song on a 12 string that is in, you know, open D 2D. Right. Mm-hmm. And I figured it out. And that is actually the outro to that song, you know, so it's kind of a, a little studio magic, right? Yeah. 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 You know, studio magic's always, it, it's rare that it happens, but when it does, it's just like, yeah, it's just perfect. You know, it's cool. Yeah. And then that's actually on the recording. They, uh, uh, we didn't do it on purpose. You know, I was just sitting there playing this song and they never turned the recording off. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just started plunking around on the wildwood flower and we put it right into the impact, the outro of the song really cool and now when i play it live i do it that way it's cool nice so like just that moment kind of changed the song forever uh yeah 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 that little that little little bit of mystical magic that happened in the studio is now part of that song and it's the song that i close every concert with done yeah awesome um and so the wall of guitars behind you is that that's your personal collection of guitars that's part of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I like guitars. Um, uh, I always like to say that guitars have personalities, right? Uh, particularly acoustic guitars, right? Yeah. And uh, so when you're looking for a particular sound or a particular feel for a guitar or for a song, you know, I could kind of pick, you know, which ones is going to be that. I was working on a new song uh, that'll be on the, the next release and uh it's a bit dark right and uh, so i i actually play am playing a guitar on it that i rarely play but mm-hmm. it has the right sound it has yeah. the right feel you know so yeah awesome um so obviously with the state of the world and the pandemic going on you're not doing much playing as far as shows go um how is the kind of, how has the pandemic kind of affected the release of all your upcoming music or all your new music well it hasn't really affected it other than to stop it okay. right so nobody's working right and and i'm not going to go into the studio until we get some valid data uh, about what's going on with this pandemic and, and yeah. uh, unfortunately i think the data that we have right now is so politically skewed that you can't uh you can't really trust it but uh i am writing um and and i will uh I will disagree with the fact that I'm not playing. So I think to date I've done about 30 live stream shows okay. uh, across the world. You know, I happen to have the equipment and stuff here yeah. uh, that I could do that and do it fairly well. So uh, I do a lot of live stream shows and I think, uh, I think it's really creative. 
you know, uh, I have a lot of my friends that are full-timers, you know, they're yeah. full-time musicians and obviously their revenue went down the toilet, you know, when yeah. uh, everybody got locked in. And so they figured out, let's just do some live streams. And it was so cute. Right? It's so fun to watch because people started, it was like their phone, right? Mm -hmm. They'd set their phone out and they'd play a few songs, you know, and yeah. then they'd put up their PayPal account or, you know, the tip jar or whatever. Uh, and now you watch it. I watched one the other night, some friends of mine in Kansas City, uh, and they're a band, okay, mm -hmm. and they're in four different locations, drummers in one spot, guitar oh, wow. player, keyboard, yeah. bass guy, they're in four different locations, and the sound guy is sitting in the middle in a completely different location, and they're using technology, Zoom is part of it, and yeah. some other thing that I don't even know what the name of it is for the audio, and they mix it all together, and it's like a live concert, man. Wow. And it's fascinating to me uh, that, that folks have come up with, you know, so much creativity uh, mm -hmm. and so find a solution to find a way to still, you know, get their music out there and still perform and still, you know, maintain their fan base. And I love it. Uh, if I wasn't talking to you, I'd be watching one right now. So yeah. fun, gotcha. fun stuff. Now, I do that. Uh, of course, I just play solo. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, we've been lucky to be asked to do that. Um, all over the place. So I've done several for, for Europe. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, one of my singles is uh, just hit the iTunes charts in Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the radio stations there that liked it called and said, hey, could you do a show for us? So yeah. Um, and so I've done quite a few of those. Uh, uh, North America, I did a couple of them for a Texas, a couple of Texas radio stations. Yeah. Uh, I have one uh, next week that should be interesting. So okay. um, we're, we're charting in Australia. Okay? Yeah. okay. And, and find a way charted in Australia a bit, you know, but okay. uh, now crossing Willow Creek is charting in Australia. So I got this information and they sent me and said, could you do a live stream show for us in Australia? And I thought, well, yeah, you know, that's cool. What I <laughs> forgot to do was the math, man. Cause they want me hours. to, <laughs> they want me to do a prime time Friday night concert at eight o'clock their time, which means that Bill is going to be here in Kansas City playing live at 6 a.m. It ought to be spectacular. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's about right. <laughs> about 14 hours, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would have, I actually, would it not be 4 a.m.? Well, they told me that I would play at 6. No, 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 no. 6 to 6 is 12, and then it comes on at 8. So that's 14 hours. So I'll start at 6 a.m. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, that means I'll be up at 4, yeah. trying to drink nine gallons of coffee and God only knows what else to try to wake myself up that day, for sure. And try and make sure your voice isn't completely trash. And Well, you know, I'm old, and so my voice is what it is, yeah. right? You know, it has good days and bad days, just like everybody else. So it's all yeah. good. I got you. Yeah. yeah, we do a lot of work with uh, Sydney artists, artists from like Sydney and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very well aware of the time difference and the, when I guess, no, Kansas city, you guys are still central time. So. Yeah. We're central. We're the same as you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. First, yeah. I work for a global company, right? So I got to dance in the time zones, you know? So yeah. uh, it, it confuses me, which may have been part of my challenge with managing my own calendar to figure out that, what time we were going on tonight so yeah. i might have been in some sort of time zone warp yeah. you know nobody knows well, yeah. well and that's why when i started booking all the because when the pandemic hit i knew i wanted to try and figure out a way to do podcasts remotely we had our we we had started doing like the this version of the podcast has been going on for about four years already we've been doing mm -hmm. it for four years you know so it was a well enough established um but we were doing another podcast. It was like a jam session podcast where we'd bring musicians in. They'd play a couple of songs, talk about those songs, and we'd release it. We'd record it video so we could eventually release it as a video. Mm -hmm. and, but we mainly release it as a podcast. It's a really cool pod, uh, podcast concept. And I was experimenting, so I took that. And then I wanted to add in a second interview with another, with like an unknown artist, at least unknown to me. And I was trying to figure out a way to do that. And I stumbled across Zoom and I started working with like musicians from all over to bring them into that. And now 
we're doing podcasts every day, whether it's the jam session podcast or the live cast, you know, mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane. So I had, when we relaunched our website back in March, when the pandemic hit, I didn't realize it, but they have a feature where when you go into like book your podcast, I can set it so that I can place my schedule, what works for me. And then it'll automatically adjust to everybody else's time zone. So when they send in their request, it's like, oh, we can do 9 p.m. Sydney time. And it's, you know, whatever it is, my time, you know. Yeah. So that that was the lifesaver for me. You know, see that that's that's what impresses me. Uh, and, and I don't want to tell you, you know, I'm not a fan of, of uh, you know, obviously we're, we're in a crisis in the United States, you know, with COVID and, you know, all the things in quarantine. And it looks like, you know, we, we uh, we're about to hit wave two, it looks like. But what impresses me about people, and it's not just musicians, and, and, and obviously you adjusted, you know, you saw an opportunity and, and you know, I need to do something here. Uh, but other businesses that do that fascinate me you know there's a a uh, uh and many many have done this but there's a distillery uh not too far from where i live that makes really good whiskey yeah. right and they switched immediately upon covid and started making hand sanitizer because there was an outage there was a demand yeah. and they figured out how to do that you know and so many of the businesses uh have done things that are so creative you know, to really adapt to the current environment and adapt to the situation and add value, you know, and keep their folks employed and, you know, do all those things. To, to me, it, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. it. It really does. It's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Some of the creative things that have gone on during this. Yeah. I've even seen some businesses just to keep, be able to keep their doors open. Like, even if they don't have the ability to like manufacture masks, like if it's a mom and pop, like mm-hmm. storefront, they moved it to eBay. Like I've seen some places move their entire storefront to eBay yeah. and start an eBay yeah. store and start exploring e-commerce and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, that's awesome because you can do all that online. eBay's obviously got their whole setup already and you can keep it local. You can go international unfortunately for the mom and pop shops you're not going to be able to compete with amazon on pricing and all that stuff right. but you know at least locally you're making a difference in trying to keep yourself alive you know yeah well that's one of the things that we did so so many of my musician friends you know my full-time guys right they're mm-hmm. doing live streams yeah. and you know they're getting tips and you know doing what they do and i think that's great uh, and then people started asking me to do it. And I thought, well, I don't, you know, I have a real job, you know, yeah. and so I don't need the tips. So I was talking with my daughter who uh, is really a creative person and really, a, a, she's kind of my social media person because, you know, I'm old and I don't like it. So she takes care of most of it. And she said, well, why don't you, you know, if you're going to do that, raise money for something. Yeah. Right? And I said, okay, well, what could I do? And she said, well, look where you live. I live in the Kansas City city market. I live in a building that was built in 1880. Yeah. I could walk a half a block to the largest city market in the Midwest. Done. And I live there. All my food comes from there. You know, the places that I eat are there. You know, a lot of my friends are there. Uh, you know, they're entrepreneurs. They're people. They're mom and pop shops, right? Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do, and it's been an absolute hoot, uh, what we decided to do was we took requests, right? So which is not something I do, right? Yeah. Um, and so we kind of threw it out on social media and said, hey, if you want to hear me play a song, I will play it. I'll video it for you because I have the technology to do that, right? And all I ask in return is that you support one of those local businesses somehow, you know, go order takeout or order pickup or buy something from their website or, you know, get a gift card, you know, something. Yeah. And uh, that really has taken off and, and folks are really enjoying that. And it's been fun for me because uh, uh, other than a couple of songs that were maybe a little inappropriate, one of which was suggested by my son, um, I've, I've played some songs that I typically would not play, you know? And so I've learned and I've had fun with it. Hell, I, I recorded the, uh, uh, the theme from Frozen, 
you know, the Let It Go song. I yeah. did that on an acoustic guitar. Uh, you know, that was fun for me. You know, yeah. it was fun. And so, uh, and, and everybody supported, you know, I had, uh, uh, I had one person request a song and, and I actually, I, I knew this person and uh, I called him up and I said, really, you want me to play that song? And oh yeah, I'd love that song. It'd be great. If you'll do that, I'll send a thousand dollars to, you know, Joe bag of donuts down the street, you know, and I'm going, what the looks like I'm learning this song, whether I want to or not, you know, yeah. It's the only time in my life I ever uh, recorded and played a, a meatloaf song. Okay. Uh, uh, but I did it with sunglasses on to, to maintain some anonymity, you know, but yeah. I did it. I did it. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. That's, you, you've just kind of already answered this question, but uh, have you kind of been doing anything to push yourself musically or experiment with your sound at all? Yeah, a bit. Um, you know, every time that I write, this is the, the real value of, of being a singer-songwriter because you don't lock yourself into a genre, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, we've got, uh, we've been fortunate. We've been very fortunate, you know, throughout the albums and stuff that we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of airplay on really varied uh, radio stations. So, you know, I, I won an award for rock album. You know, yeah. I've, I've won some stuff. I get a lot of play on some blues stations. Of course, there's the whole country thing, you know, uh, country rock Americana, whatever that is. Uh, we had a song that uh, was actually number one in the country uh, on the folk charts, right? And so that's the real value of the versatility of being a singer-songwriter is because it's, I consider myself really a storyteller, Ben, you know, and whatever genre that story needs to really emphasize the point of the story is the genre that I could go play in. Yeah. So it, it's always challenging for me. And, and, uh, you know, one of the new songs, uh, well, they're, they're really different. Um, one of the new songs is, is kind of a rocker. Uh, and the other one is just pure acoustic, beautiful 12 string finger picky, really, really pretty stuff, you know? So, uh, you know, I always try to do that. I, I try not to drop off into that. Uh, uh well, this song, <laughs> this song sold a lot or this song got a, you know, a million streams. I'm going to try to replicate that again. I, I really try not to do that. I try to do what's best for, for the song. And that, that pushes me, you know, I always like to tell people I spent the afternoon twisting my fingers and knots trying to figure out something that I could hear in my head, trying to get my fingers to do it. You know, so, always challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so with the uh, new music kind of on hold, um, what, what's the plan kind of moving forward? Is it to just kind of keep doing the live streams or what, what's kind of the plan moving forward? <laughs> well, short term, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a bunch of these live streams that I'm going to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and the nice thing about it is, is you can, uh, oh, I just realized I got my hat on. I'll have to tell you why I have my hat on, right? I have quarantine hair and nobody wants to see that so you know I, I got the hat nobody yeah. you know you know, yeah but uh uh yeah the short term is I've got a lot of these going on you know the the live stream stuff uh and they seem to be you know going pretty well you know people will hear one and they'll ask me to do another another so that's good and that's fun and that kind of keeps me playing you know yeah. uh, I'm obviously writing some more uh I plan uh in the fall uh to retire <laughs> from from the eight nine to five right yeah and uh that's going to open up a lot of doors for me and so i'm hoping uh that around that time uh you know uh, the virus will be a bit under control and then i can jump on into the studio and crank out the new stuff but uh yeah. you know it's uh i really enjoy writing yeah. you know so it's all excuse me it's always a challenge for me you know to have a concept and you know, to really flush it out and to yeah. put it down to paper. Yeah. When there's not a global pandemic going on, how often do you get out to like tour or play shows outside of Kansas City or do you primarily stay in Kansas City? Well, I really try not to play too much in Kansas City. I, I think you can saturate, right? Yep. Uh, and so uh, I do a bit around the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. So I play a lot in St. Louis, which is just on the other side of the thing, Des Moines. Uh, you know, different places through Kansas. Um, uh, last spring, 
January uh, was tour month for me. I'm one of the few musicians that actually got their tour in before uh, all the drama came around. And so, you know, that was a tour through uh, Texas and Kansas and Missouri and down, uh, Colorado, New Mexico and Arizona. So, nice. you know, I did that for a month. And so that was fun, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, once once retirement hit and, uh, you know, we we figure out how to manage COVID-19, I expect to do more of that. I expect okay. to go out and, and tour some more. But it's such a big unknown right now that, uh, you know, you just sit back. And of course, you know, if I go on tour, I need to have new music in the can, you know, to promote while I'm out. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you threw out some states that I'm very familiar with. I lived in New Mexico for a few years after college. And uh, so we've been through Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, you know, all that stuff. And obviously, I live in Texas right now. I'm going to say, having worked with several bands that try and tour the Southwest there, it's not easy to tour the Southwest just because of how spread out everything is, especially yeah. like, you know, living in New Mexico. I lived in Roswell, New Mexico, and it was, yep, yep. Love it. Yep. I went there. I specifically booked three days off in between shows to go to Roswell. And it took you two days to get there. Uh, no. no, it wasn't so bad. I was in, uh, I was in Albuquerque. Yeah. It was I, like, I it's like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. I played a show and then the next morning I got up and went to Roswell and did the whole Roswell thing and came back. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Uh, no, Roswell's an awesome town. And what you just said confirms why if I were to ever decide to go back to Roswell, is because it is not a hard sell to get musicians to come to Roswell. You just got to know how to pitch it to them. Yeah, yeah. And basically every band that we, every touring band that came through that we worked with in the early years, Alive and Amplified, it was, hey, I see you got a show in El Paso and then a day off and then you're going to Albuquerque. Do you want to stop in Roswell? Wait, like Area 51? Yeah. No, not area. Yeah. 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 And I was like, yeah, like Roswell, New Mexico, aliens, all that fun stuff. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so it just wasn't a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was cool. I really enjoyed New Mexico. Uh, uh, I did a, uh, uh, I took three days off. I had three days in between shows. And, uh, uh, and that was good because the last show was number four in a row. And, you know, I'm an old dude, right? And I'm playing by myself and four days in a row, you know, two, two and a half hour shows. That's a little brutal, right? And, yeah. and uh, so I took some days off and, and I did the Roswell thing. I took a, uh, a beautiful, absolutely beautiful sunrise balloon ride uh, over Albuquerque. It was gorgeous. Yeah. You know, it was great. Was it during like the balloon festival? No, no, no. Or, but but they have it. Show. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's year round, right? And it's year round. They have this, and and so I did that, and you know, I just had a, had a good time and relaxed a bit while I was out there. So it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If next time you make it out there, you should travel. I guess it would be south into like Carlsbad and go to the caverns. Yeah, the caverns is really cool. Like, and well, next time I go, so the the places that I played all want me to come back. So that that's always good. And so uh, uh, you know, once. Uh, once that magic retirement date hits, you know, I'll have a lot of freedom to, yeah. to go out and hang out and I won't have to kind of crank it. You know, you won't have to jam so much into, into a short period of time. You can kind of spread it out a bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the same thing we struggle with because there's three of us when we go out on the road and we all work. And so it's like, Hey, we've all got four days off. Let's jam as much in as we can at it. So it's like four days of no sleep. So it's like we drive straight through the night to get to the first city. We produce all day. It's like, all right, who's not tired? Okay, you're driving the first four hours. And then we drive through the night again, you know. Yeah. And so it's it's rugged. And I can't wait for that day that I can just kind of like walk away from my nine to five yeah. and be like, hey, we don't have to kill ourselves to get the salt lake city or phoenix or whatever we could literally take our time you know yeah 
Well, the nice thing about the tour was that it was solo. It was just me and me by myself. Yeah. Right? So it was like 4,400 miles, something yeah. like that, that I drove. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it because I don't get so much of that just total by myself quiet time, you know, mm -hmm. to just listen. You know, I listen to books. I love science fiction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to revisit some of the some of the books that I'd read in my youth and, you know, listen to a few new ones. Uh, while I was driving and really enjoyed the, the peace and quiet. So, and, and we did a pretty good job of logistically of, of mapping it out. So I didn't have gross, long, uh, long drives. You know, once, yeah. once I got into, I started in Houston and uh, once I got to Houston uh, after that, it, it wasn't bad at all. You know, I went from Houston to Austin and then, you know, off you go. So yeah. uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like horrible, you know, 12, 15 hour drives in between. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, and like having seen some like big bands that are constantly always out touring, like you got the, like the DIY bands that are going book six, nine month tours just because this is what they do. This is how they make their living. Yeah. And there'll be like the craziest one I saw or the craziest trip I saw was one band was in Miami the night before and had to be in Atlanta the next day and they were driving and it's like, okay. Like, I mean, I'm crazy enough. I would do that, but still Miami to Atlanta, you got to sleep in there somewhere. And they're like, Oh, well, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, All right. um, so it reminds me of an old Jim Croce song, you know, uh, I love I love the old classic storytellers. Jim Croce was a fantastic one, you know. And, and at one point in his life, he was a truck driver. Yeah. Right? And uh, that story reminded me of of one of his lines in his song where they used to have a a little pill uh, that they called the East Coast turnaround. Right. You drive mm -hmm. West Coast to East Coast, take the pill, turn around, drive right back. No sleep. <laughs> wow. West Coast. I think it's called the West Coast turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's. Mm. Whew, that's brutal. Well, right. yeah, different but, time, a different yeah. time in those days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but you know, I like you. I enjoy just getting out on the road, and like right now, I'm just kind of itching because we normally this weekend would be our big next production run because it's like, hey, extended weekend. We both take two or three days off, extra days off, and we've got mm -hmm. like a full week worth of good stuff we can do. We'd go like figure out a place. But right now, yeah. nobody wants to have us. It's like, and I can't even go to New Mexico right now because I got the Texas plates now that they're just kind of like, hey, if you come from Texas, you got to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah I know that. I'm good. Yeah. No, it, it sucks, but you know, I, I kind of look at it like this. And, and my daughter and I were talking about this quarantine thing because, uh, I mean, I go right. Yeah. I mean, for the last twenty years, I'm I'm on a plane. Yeah. You know, I haven't had to pay Kansas City earnings tax yeah. uh, because I'm never here. Right, yeah. all those years, and uh, you know, constantly flying and constantly going here and there and around. And when this thing kind of hit, you know. I, I thought, wow, I, this is going to really bother me. Yeah. But as bad as I hate to say this, uh, I've really embraced it. You know, my daughter says that I probably embraced it too much. Yeah. You know, she asked me from time to time, how long has it been since you've been out of the loft? You know, <laughs> and, and it, I, I made it seven days one time, you know, and the only oh, reason wow. I went out then is because I'd take trash out. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've really embraced it. And, and uh, you know, I think it's, uh, there's some value to it. Right. It, it's, it's not the greatest. You're right. I mean, you can't see people, you can't do all that, but, but if you look at it and try to utilize what you have, right. It, it's more of, of what you were talking about before where you adapt to the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. I have accomplished things here in the loft that I've kind of had on a list. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do this, you know, uh, I'll guarantee you, Ben, I got the cleanest closets in the building done. Oh, Nice. Oh, just done. You know, yeah. I've got inventory. You know, I like all that. I told you before, I, I really like organization. So, uh, you know, I got everything's inventory. You know, I got all my documentation's all tight. You know, so 
you know, it, I've been able to utilize the time, but I'm, I, it's getting a bit old. Yeah, right? it's yeah. getting a bit old. There's only so many times you can clean the bathroom, right? Yeah. So. It you know the quarantine's definitely taught me a couple things, which is kind of interesting. I think I'm learning. I'm a lot more introverted than I thought because it's like, you know what? I don't like. I enjoy waking up five minutes before I got to be at work, rolling out of bed, yeah. and turning on the computer. That's yeah. awesome, but. And I kind of find myself like, I'll have a friend call me and say, hey, I just want to go get something to eat, even if it's just a matter of us meeting for four minutes to pick up the food and leaving. I just want to say, hey, or hang out for a second, you know, and it's like, oh, man, I can't, you know, I'm finding reasons why I can't do that, which it's just, I, you know, for whatever reason, but then it's also teaching me like, hey, when you are able to get out, you need to go and get out and enjoy it more yeah. because now you know what it's like to really be isolated and really be introverted. You need to get out and be a little bit more extroverted. Yeah, I, I think that you could find a balance, right? So today, for example, um, uh, I've kind of been thinking about getting a, a, a pup, a dog, right? I like dogs, but I travel so much, right? It was with my job. To, it was impossible for me to have a dog. And so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, I, I'm not going anywhere. I, I personally think the quarantine is going to last until well into next year, right? And so uh, I wonder if this would be a good time to get a pup because you're going to be home, right? You're going to be home. You can get them all trained up, you know, and and, and all that. And so I uh, did a little shopping on the internet. And today, actually, I drove uh, over into the middle of Kansas, uh, which is about all two and a half hour, two and a half hour drive one way and, and looked at these pups and met these people and, and, you know, looked at all these different things and turned around and drove back, you know, and it's, it's driving through the farmland on smaller roads, you know, you're not on the interstate. And, and to be honest with you, I I enjoyed that. I really did. I may do it again tomorrow. Uh, You know, it was was nice just to get out and, you know, you got a different viewpoint and just relax a bit, you know, listen to some music, do some things that, you know, it was nice. You know, it's and it funny. was also good to know that my truck started. Yeah. You know, that it well, doesn't get out much. So. That's one thing that I've had to do is every, like, especially if I don't go to the gas station in the morning, like I tried to make it a habit just to get out for four minutes. So I'll run to the gas station. They have like these uh, breakfast tacos that they make fresh mm-hmm. at the gas station. Or Like, I mean, it's nothing gourmet. It's eggs and bacon in a tortilla. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah. But you know what? It's good, and I enjoy it, and it gets me out of the house for four minutes, and at least gets the car moving. The gasoline goes through its situation, you know. So, but you know, it's funny you brought up the uh, the dog because I've been having a very similar thing going on. It's like I want a dog, but I travel so much. It's like, should I get one? And it's finally gotten to a point where. I'm kind of at the same crossroad. It's like, well, if I'm going to get one, I should get one now because I'm going to be here until January for sure. Mm-hmm. I ain't going nowhere. So I've made it kind of made a deal with myself. The next time that the humane society has a free dog adoption day, I'm going to at least go see what they got. Very cool. Very Cause cool. They, they, they do it pretty regularly here in central texas because dogs getting put up for adoption and stuff is kind of a regular occurrence around here or Mm -hmm. catching strays or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so they pretty regularly do free adoption days so i'm kind of waiting for that next one and i've got some friends uh that uh are doing live stream stuff and they're kind of in our situation you know where they have jobs and that's one of the things that they do is they ask people to donate to, you know, various shelters, you know, pet shelters and, and uh, that kind of thing around the area. I think that's great. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, so first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap this up with one big final question. Well, now you're making me nervous, man. You got me all nervous about a big question. So, okay. It, it, it's probably the biggest question. Okay. Why music? 
I think that music has a bit of magic. Just saying. Um, I think that anybody that you talk to, most people that you talk to, could look back at, at a moment in their lives when they met a special person or, you know, they, they uh, saw a great movie or, you know, and embedded into that memory is music. There's a song, right? And I, I think that I think that songs meet you at different places in your life and they mm -hmm. become a part of who you are. And uh, I think to be able to actually write that down and share that moment uh, with other people and, and sometimes it becomes a moment for them, I, I think that's spectacular. You know, I mean, the, the, uh, I had a guy asked me a similar question, why, why do I do this? And it's not because, uh, you know, I like playing and I like writing and I enjoy performing and, you know, I, I enjoy all that. But you mentioned Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. At the end of the of this show at Albuquerque, uh, it been a big crowd. And, and after the show, you know, people come up and they, they talk to you, you know, and they want to get a T-shirt and, you know, and all that. Well, there was this one dude, man, this one guy, he was sitting, I could see him still now, he was sitting over here, just stage right by himself, nursed one beer all night long, okay, and never moved. And it was two and a half hour show, yeah. right? And afterwards, you know, people come up and you start talking and you're doing, you know, taking care of business, doing what you do. And this guy just hung out and hung out and hung out, right? And finally, everything cleared. I was starting to kind of pack up. And he walked over and uh, uh, he said, Bill, I wanted to thank you. And I said, for what, you know? He said, well, first of all, I really enjoyed the show. And I said, well, that's great. You know, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. And he said, but I want to thank you for playing that one song. And it was this Findaway song, the song that I played last, you know, the one about my dad uh, yeah. and when he passed away. And he said, I've listened to that song on my CD about 10 times in the last three days. And when I found out that you were going to be in here, I drove two and a half hours to come and watch you play, hoping you would play that song live. And I'm going, wow, super fan, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy's into it. And then uh, I looked at him and I said, well, I mean, that's really cool, man. I'm just really honored. But why that song? Why that particular song? And he said, well, you know, my mom passed away three days ago. And I have found solace in the words of that song. And I've listened to it over and over and over again. And to come tonight and see you play it, because when I play it live, I tell the whole story. It's a big event, right? Yeah. Uh, to hear you tell that story has helped me with my grief. It's helped me say goodbye to my mother. It's helped me get to a better place in my life. And at that point in the back of my head, right? Mm -hmm. I clicked a box said now I know why I did the tour now I know why I'm here that's why you do it man when you can touch somebody right and share a story doesn't have to be something it could be funny you know make somebody laugh make somebody enjoy it you know there's there's lines in, in a few of my songs that people think are funny you know and and they're meant that way so that's cool people laugh they have a good time uh, but when you touch somebody and that song of yours met them in a place in their lives and helped them. That's why you do it. That's yeah. why you do it. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it's cool with all the charts and all the stuff. And, you know, I make a bit of money with this and, you know, all that, but that's why you do it. And if, if you're not doing it for that reason, I would challenge why you do it. Just saying. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that was probably the most, in-depth perfect answer we've gotten you know anytime. i've been practicing i've been practicing that man i, I told a couple of guys you done and they said he's going to ask you this really hard question at the end man you better be ready have notes <laughs> you know and so once again i really appreciate you jumping on um where can everybody find you online find your music find an upcoming tour schedule or uh live stream schedule i guess right now 
Yeah, there's multiple places, but the best place to go, and, I, and I've found that that my uh, my fan base really uses Facebook a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know I put everything out there on Facebook, and so all the live streams, all that stuff is out there. You know, uh, uh, different interviews, you know, different album reviews. Uh, if you want to go beyond that and, and get a little bit deeper, you can go to my website, which is billabernanti.com. And on there, you can find a lot of the things that we've discussed here. You can find, you know, kind of summaries of the different albums, some of the stories that are coming behind the, the scenes. You could get stuff if you want, you know, uh, there's, you know, CDs and T-shirts and stuff, you know, that you, that you could get there if you'd like. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously our music is available everywhere, you know, pick it, you know, iTunes, Amazon, you know, pick them, whatever ones, right? Um, but uh, the Bill Abernathy Singer Songwriter Facebook page is, is really a good place to start because that's, uh, well, I mentioned, I mentioned my daughter takes care of my social media. Yeah. Well, she takes care of that page. And yeah. so we don't have to re- rely on me to mess it up. So it, it's, it's current and accurate, right? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's funny. But um, once again, thank you so much for jumping on here. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys later.